So I forgot to record a lead-in to the ad, so I'll tell you a quick story about how I made an ass of myself. This is after the concert that I'm about to talk about. So um, basically what happened was I told you that I parked in the Trees parking lot, right? Uh, I I feel good and secure about parking there because it's enclosed in a fence. There are gates and everything, and there's a dude up there, you know, letting you in. You got to pay. feels a little official. So I I left the the show early because I didn't I saw Gold Necklace that's who I came to see I didn't really care about the other act so I walked out walked to my car the lot was still pretty empty because not a lot of people came in the first place I uh, got in my car you know tsh, 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 lifted up airbags and then I drove to the exit and it was closed the gate was closed. So I drove around the other side. I didn't even know if there was an opening on the other side or not, but there was one, and it was closed. So then I did a lap back around to where I started, looked at the entrance. The entrance was closed. The exit was closed. Everything was closed. So uh, I didn't know what to do. The exit didn't just open automatically like I thought it might. So I parked my car again, hopped out, and at first I thought maybe I could call. I don't know why the fuck I thought I could call trees and have them come fix that, but I uh, got uh, got a voicemail that was in a, uh, a British lady's voice, and she said that they could not take my call at the moment, so that didn't work. I walked, just started walking back towards the the club. Didn't wasn't really thinking about what to do, and then I saw two security dudes standing outside where like the smoking area is. So I thought I'd ask one of them. I went up and asked, "Hey, y'all know when the uh, when the gate opens? Cause I want to leave." And he said, "Oh, you just got to pull up close to the exit." And I said, "Oh, okay, cause I pulled up close to it before and it didn't open, so." He said, yeah, you got to get real close to it. It'll start beeping when it's going to open. And I went, oh, okay, thank you. I started to turn around, and the dude said, but don't hit the gate. I laughed. And the dude next to him said, yeah, that wouldn't be a good idea. I get, and then I, I could tell they were buds. I was like, okay, y'all have a good night. I walked back. Gate beeped. And I went home. So that wasn't too bad. I, uh... Wasn't stuck like a fucking anchor. Yo. Welcome back to the Weekend Review Podcast. I'm the host around here, Sean Stroud. In case you forgot, <clears throat> I myself happen to struggle with memory problems. Self-proclaimed. I haven't been diagnosed by anybody. Um, but some of you may think that that's why the podcast is coming out late. It is a Tuesday right now. It's uh, two days late by my standards three days by the old standards but no this was intentional all right went to a concert yesterday gold necklace oh my gosh such a great concert i'll talk about that later but i'm also going to two more concerts this week i'm seeing conway the machine friday and then i'm seeing benny the butcher saturday so i wanted to split it up and talk about one concert this podcast and then i can talk about the next two the next podcast figure that'll help me fill out this one and not crowd up the next one so it's my show my rules it's whatever i want to do so here we go let's get this one out the way first quick and easy we got 
dumbass driver of the week. It's been a while. There hasn't really been anything super noteworthy. Just just a bunch of um, you know, tomfoolery, common dumbassery. Just uh, stopping ten feet before the stop sign. Then you have to get on their ass so they creep up to the stop sign so they can actually fucking make a turn or go. That shit pisses me off. Like, yes, you, you should approach the sign before you go to make a turn or before you start to stop. People fucking going 60 in the left lane on the highway, having to skirt around them. The, the, the normal stuff. That's why I haven't talked about anything. This week, all right, got up in the morning on my way to the gym. Which has been an accomplishment in itself recently because I I just haven't been getting enough sleep or some shit. But I have been waking up late, not waking up, waking up to go to the gym and then going back to sleep. It's been pretty bad. I've only gone like maybe three times max in a week the past couple of weeks. But anyways, I, I got you know I built up the courage or I got got enough sleep or whatever it was. Got up, headed to the gym. And I'm not going to lie, I have been heading out late, so I've been getting there late, having to rush my sets. I do still fit everything in, but not really. Uh, I don't really rest in between as much like maybe I should. But I'm on my way late, trying to get there. I'm skirting, I'm skirting. 6.35, I'm approaching the town east exit. This fucking 18-wheeler skirts over, cuts two lanes to the right from the middle, to make the town east exit at the last second there was a car in front of me i was coming up in the right lane i had like uh, i was coming up from far away there was a car in front of me that had to completely stop where it was because the 18 wheeler cut across and then go on the highway he had to completely not to fucking die not to just sandwich into this bitch and then i happened to get off right after the 18 wheeler and the way the ex, oh shit! I unplugged my headphones. That sounded weird for me. God damn, that scared the shit out of me. That was very loud. I'm sorry if that was noticeable noticeable in the audio. Um, anyway, I ended up exiting right behind. I said on the cord. God damn. Anyway, I ended up exiting right behind the 18 wheeler. The way the exit works, you you get off to the right, and there's kind of some space. So he kept driving. I figured he'd get off later. So I got off before he did onto the service road, skirted past. I was trying to go to the gym. But I kept watching in my rear view to see when that dude got off instead of getting back on the highway, and he fucking didn't. He skirted over two lanes, cutting that dude the fuck off to get off the highway just to get literally back on the fucking highway from the same exit. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but that earned him dumbass driver of the week. So, uh, congratulations, sir. Give me, give me a big, (laughs) it's ridiculous, man. I'm going to assume his GPS fucked up or some shit just to give, you know, it's nice to give people the benefit of the doubt. I've learned that that's what passive or, or nicer, less aggressive drivers do. They just, they know that people make mistakes and they keep that in mind, I guess. But I just, I can't because I just assume they're fucking stupid. And I've come to realize I think that's um that's really just me. That I, I thought I kind of thought everybody felt that way. That uh yeah if, if someone's fucking driving like a dumbass then they're a fucking dumbass. But no, I'd be in the car with someone and be like uh I guess they'd miss their exit. 
Maybe maybe they're on the GPS. I don't know. I've driven by too many fucking people that are just like in in the left lane, right lane, whatever lane, just phone in their fucking face going 60. I oh my on my way home from work today, this lady was going like 20 in the left lane on grass. And then I finally pass her, and I look over because that's a habit I've picked up again. I had kicked it for a while because it's not fucking smart to do. But, man, it's just I have to know what they look like. I don't know why. I just I think I need somewhere to, to focus my hatred, somewhere something more specific than blue car, red truck, yellow SUV. And then... I pass this lady up. I look over and she's fucking eating a sandwich like bitch. It looks like you are getting pr- plenty of sustenance as it is. I'm sure you can wait until you get home to stuff your face. Jeez. And see, that's insensitive because someone else might think, well, maybe she's running late. Maybe she missed out on her on her on her breakfast on li- dun- I just try to say liner and dunch. Wow. Lunch, dinner. Maybe she's had a tough day. I've been there personally, but in those moments I'm not I'm not gracious enough to extend that empathy. So, I'm I I, I don't know. But after doing some research and finding out that I'm a Enneagram type 8, it started it starts to make a little more sense. Or not to make sense, but it it lets me put it in a category of the way I think. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, maybe I should have started with that. Basically, it's kind of like the Myers-Briggs uh, personality test, except it's a little different. Um, it's uh, nine personality types that you can get, uh, one through nine. I, 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 maybe that's obvious. They're not lettered. They're, they, don't, they do have specific names. Uh, like mine, type eight, is the challenger. I feel the need to question anything. Uh, press up against anything, create conflict, even if it really doesn't. Th- this is the description of the eight, not necessarily not necessarily me, but there are obviously some parts of that that fit. Uh, even if it's something that doesn't necessarily like, <laughs> say I, I I have a five pencils on my desk, and I'm not going to use any of those. I, I'm I'm using one pencil. There are four extra pencils, right? If you come up and just grab a pencil. I'm going to be fucking pissed at you. Not because I was using that pencil. Maybe it was even both of our pencils, but I'm going to be pissed because it was on my desk and you didn't fucking ask. And what the fuck are you doing taking my pencil? Can can you put that shit down? But you weren't using it. Yeah, but is it yours? Okay, fuck off. Um, eights also... Let me think. Oh, oh, the main thing. Like I was saying, stupid people. Eights categorize the world... As they as they proceed it, they they split the people they meet into smart people and stupid people, and stupid people are you you can't help them, they are just in the way, and whatever you can do to go around them, that that's what you do, and I think that I was watching a YouTube video and, and the dude was uh, talking about that. It was it was some doctor. I might look up his name in a second. Um, he said that, and I couldn't help but laugh, because even in my driving style, that's so fucking evident. If someone's going slow, I go the fuck around them. If someone's fucking driving like a dumbass, I go the fuck around them. I don't I don't slow down and get behind them and, oh, maybe they'll speed up. No. 
if someone's going slow and I can't go around them, I'm on their ass. Like, that's because they're stupid. But, and this is, see, this is where the difference is. If I see a Mustang or if I see, like, a nice Camaro or a Challenger or a Charger, something like that, or I see someone that's driving fast and, you know, going through in and out traffic, I think I should follow that person. That person's smart. They're fucking getting somewhere. That's that's where the distinction is. You can it's so fucking evident just even in my driving. Or or like if a Mustang gets in front of me and starts going slow or some shit, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for a second. Like, oh, it's probably the person in front of them before I hop on their ass or go around them. And then when that happens, I feel a deep shame inside. Like, ugh, you don't deserve to wield the key that unlocks such a powerful beast. I mean, it's it comes with a, I feel like a Mustang, a nicer car, comes with a personality type. You got to drive it like it, like it's meant to be driven, all right? And this is coming from someone who has five, maybe six speeding tickets. So, uh... Take me with a grain of salt, all right? But uh, no, the Enneagram's really cool. The I got into a whole kick about it last week, and it was because I listened to Good... I'm sorry, Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning. I listened to their podcast, Ear Biscuits. They had an episode about it where they took the quiz on their own time and then came back and talked about the results. And basically, Rhett is a three, the entertainer, which makes sense with his personality uh on the show with what we see and shit super um shit what's competitive that's the word i was i was thinking conflicting no super competitive always trying to really be funny and whatnot well i think most of the time whenever rhett's funny on the show he's really trying to be funny and it's like an active type thing. Whereas when Link's funny on the show, it's kind of just natural or, or maybe something that happens on accident. Uh, not to say that Link can't be purposely funny. He definitely can, but just, you know, overall, that's kind of how I see it. So that made sense for Rhett. And then Link was uh, number one, which is someone who has to have everything in order, has to make rules. If they don't like the rules, they'll change them and make them so that they make sense to them which makes sense by the way that um uh even at the, <laughs> it was really funny actually the way that he uh at the end of the Enneagram podcast he was actually upset about how it ended up coming out listening back to it later because it came it sounded more like a uh, presentation from Rhett and Link to the the listeners rather than them having a conversation and he said that in his head what what makes a good ear biscuit is when they have a conversation and so he just left with a feeling of like disgust and and like he hadn't done his job he hasn't he hadn't fulfilled his role and i think that's a perfect representation of him being a one is like well though that's the guidelines that make a good show and he didn't follow those so he feels bad and then he had to go and talk about it too but also he's he's always uh you know st- making sure they're sticking to the rules and shit. They have a whole long ass scroll full of rules for um the shuffleboard game. Always checking that shit. <laughs> Is it, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. It goes to the floor and then and then some. Rhett has to get on the I think it's funny that they always make Link hold it because if Rhett held it, Link could probably just crouch down and read it, but 
no, Link holds it, so Rhett has to get on the floor <laughs> and look at which fucking rule it is. Um, but anyway, hearing them talk about it is really cool, and how how learning about their types have helped them learn about themselves. And um, as a lot, of, I don't know if it was them, but as a lot of people put it, discard old parts of your personality that aren't really useful anymore, like um, defense mechanisms and stuff like that. Because every Enneagram type has um, has a healthy representation, um, a normal representation, and then a an unhealthy representation. Uh, let me look up healthy Enneagram type 8. But while I'm talking about type 1s, my mom, I found out, I had her take the test. She's a type 1. And when she said that, it, it made so much sense. Uh, Anytime my mom has walked into my closet to hang up a shirt, let's say she did my laundry one day. She goes to hang up a shirt, two shirts. When I go in there, all my shirts will be moved around. They'll be flipped from the the direction they're facing in. I have all my shirts facing the same way so that I can go in and look, see what I want, and get it. And colored, too. And multiple times, she had just changed and moved everything. Uh, Once every three to four months, so about three times a year, She'll change how the silverware is organized because I don't know why. I mean, it just feels like forks should be on the left now. Um, the, the plates, the cupboards, everything, the kitchen, the fridge. She is the ultimate, I'm sorry, not the ultimate, the almighty organizer for our house. If something is out of place, find it at home. Put it where it goes. Find it at home. Put it where it goes. It's, so that just makes so much sense. Just put the pieces right together. And her second biggest thing on the quiz, because it's a it's a pie graph of all nine and percentages based on the questions, the second biggest for her was eight, which is me. And a, a lot of our shit lines up for that. Like, um, for example, for both of us, if, if, if we're eating with someone and their order comes out wrong, normally we'll be more upset about it than they are. Like, they'll say something, be like, man, you should... Tell the waitress that you asked for that. I'm like, no, I don't know. And and then my hand's already up. Like, hey, he wanted the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And uh, I just think that's really funny. And that that's definitely something that we uh, have in common that I noticed immediately. Even when the dude, when I was watching the YouTube video about it, I showed her a portion of it. And she started laughing when he said that stuff um, about the confrontational confrontation and stuff. All right, type 8 in brief. I'm just going to read a little bit from the Enneagram Institute, all right? Basic fear of type 8 is being harmed or controlled by others. Basic desire to protect themselves and be in control of their own life and destiny. Definitely get that. Key motivations. Want to be self-reliant, prove their strength, and resist weakness. Be important in their world, dominate the environment, and stay control of their situation. Uh, let's see if they have levels of development. All right, unhealthy eight. At the very bottom, if they get in danger, this is level nine. If they get in danger, they may brutally destroy everything that is not conformed to their will rather than surrender to anyone else. Vengeful, barbaric, murderous, sociopathic tendencies generally corresponds to the antisocial personal disorder. Um, all right, that's not me. (laughs) Level 8. Develop delusional ideas about their power, invincibility, and ability to prevail. Megalomania. Feeling omnipotent 
impotent, invulnerable, recklessly overextending self. All right. These are sounding like supervillains. All right. Um, not, not, not hyping myself up too much so far. Level seven. Defying any attempt to control them. Become completely ruthless. Dicta- dictatorial. Might makes right. The criminal and outlaw, renegade, con artist, hard-hearted, immortal, and potentially violent. All right, let's read at their best. Become become self-restrained and magnanimous. I don't know what that word means. We're going to learn what a new word means today. Magnanimous. M-A-G-N-A-N-I-M-O-U-S. Generous or forgiving, especially towards a rival or less powerful person. All right. Become self-restrained and magnanimous. That's a nice word. Merciful and forbearing. Mastering self through their self-surrender to a higher authority. Courageous, willing to put self in serious jeopardy to achieve their vision and lasting influence. May achieve true heroism and historical greatness. Um, the main thing for the eight was... Uh, it was just so crazy how he said that. This is how they see the world. And literally, as he said, they see people as stupid or smart. I I could not help but, like, uncontrollably laugh. Because that's literally how I see people. You're a fucking dumbass. You're a fucking dumbass. Half the people I work with, you're a fucking dumbass. That's just constant in my mind. The only thing is, I can't help but wonder if I was born like this, if I was always going to be an eight, or if I was, um, what is it, nature versus nurture, if I was uh, conditioned to be this way. Because I can definitely remember key moments that would have pushed me to be like this. Uh, for example, my mom's boss that I used to work for, whenever I w- before I worked for him, whenever I was like 10, 11, or 12, I would hang around the office a lot after school. And I remember him saying that, I, you know, noticing that I was a smart person and saying stuff like, oh, welcome to the upper 10%, welcome to the upper 5%, some shit. Basically saying, like, everyone outside of this room is fucking stupid. There aren't a lot of smart people in the world, but me, you, and your mom are three of them. So be grateful for that. I remember him saying stuff like that. Um, I remember one time specifically, I was hanging out in his office talking to him or whatever. And he knew that I played drums uh, because of band in middle school. I hadn't learned to play drums yet. I don't think I was in high school at this point. Uh, drum set but he asked me just straight up in the middle of the conversation like hey I got a drum set back there do you want it and without really thinking about it I said uh I don't know if my mom would let me because it's it's really loud and I don't know if we have space in the garage and he didn't let me go on very long he's like okay that's fine didn't ask about it didn't say anything else about it and so of course the next thing I went to do is go run to my mom's office and bug her, bug her. I talked to her for a bit, and she wasn't saying yes, but she also wasn't saying no. So I ran back to her boss, like, hey, um, do you think I can have that drum set? And he said, no, I uh, I called I called my son and uh, gave it to him. I was like, oh. He said, yeah. You know, if you um, if you really want something in life, you gotta you just say yes right then. And then you make it work after that. You find a way, you, you know, do whatever you do. But you got to say yes right then. 
and I'm not gonna lie, I've thought about that an ass ton since that since whenever that happened. Ten years ago, eight years ago. That drum set that I would have gotten there then and there is probably better than the drum set that I have right now. It's just a hand me down I got from my uncle. Super grateful for it. Don't don't misconstrue this in any way, but just saying that drum set was I looked at it, it was bright, shiny. It wasn't new, but it wasn't nearly as worn as this one is, especially now. Uh I actually <laughs> I broke another piece off one of my cymbals. It looks like I took a bite out of it the other day. Um but that that's another eight thing is just going forward and doing stuff, not really caring about the rules. And that's definitely how I feel going about life, like the speed limit. What the fuck? Fuck the speed limit. I'm trying to get to work. Shit like that. Or, you know, if something at work in general, like different jobs more than this job at a sheet metal shop, but like, oh, the manager said to do it this way, but, you know, you you can do it like this and get away and it'll be fine. Shit like that. Just being comfortable doing stuff. That That's another eight trait. And so I I feel like hanging around with Will, um, the directness that he imposed on me uh, definitely inf- influenced and enforced that. He, he oh I I didn't mean to say his name Will I guess his son's name is William, cool that cool dude. It's not like I didn't know his son, so it wasn't like oh you give it to your son. Like I, I knew William, he's a cool dude too, so I wasn't like too upset about it. Anyways. Uh, even just talking to him at his house and shit, like when I went to Moe's lawn and stuff, I'd go in and be like, I would, I hate saying be like, God damn, I want to fix my fucking, my, my vocal habits. Is that, is that it? My speech habits. I want to fix them so bad. Like this week I've been saying, I was going to say so much. I've said that so fucking much this week. And so now I'm making a conscious effort not to like, Yesterday at the concert with Kevin, I said it at least ten times. We were at a concert. We weren't. We weren't talking that much. I've I've forgotten what the fuck I was talking about. That's tough. I had to be. I had to be direct. That's what he. Um, I would come in after mowing his lawn and ask, "You have anything I can drink? You have any drinks?" And he'd say, "Yes. Yeah. Would you like something to drink?" Like. Yes, can I have can I have something to drink? Then would give me it would give you know here's some juice. You have any cups? Yes. Do you want to know where the cups are? Yeah, where are the cups? Just shit like that. Like if you're gonna ask a question, ask the the question. Don't bullshit. Which um, I feel like that pushed me in the direction of being an eight. But also I remember back in. My my very, very first day of, of elementary school, of kindergarten, little dickhead Sean walked in the, the classroom with his mother in tow and found his name tag, slapped it on my chest. The first kid I walked up to, who ended up being one of my very good friends until he moved away, I walked up to him. He said, hi, my name is Censored. <laughs> nice to meet you. What's your name? And I said, and I pointed to my name tag, said, my name's Sean. Can't you read? Uh, yeah, I could not fuck. I couldn't read. I, I was just being an asshole. Mom smacked me on the head like, be nice, that type of shit. But um, 
just being an elitist feeling sense of being smarter than someone else like i feel all of those things heavily maybe maybe i was like that since the get but i don't remember being so abrasive at all like i remember in um football this dude was definitely like kind of being a dick to me and pushing me around looking back but i was completely unaware like it really didn't even i didn't notice it but my mom was like getting so pissed off she would like yell at at off from off the sidelines or some shit and i just really did not did not register like i'm trying to think back of a specific thing that kid did i think he told me to shut up once like that <laughs> that's all i remember and that was after my mom had started complaining and shit so i don't even know I've told this story before. The only thing I remember from my Pee Wee football days was this kid. Um, I get, I don't know what his deal was. We were on the front line about the block before a play, and I pissed him off or something because he called me the N-word with the hard R, and I didn't know how to respond. I wasn't going to say that back. I don't it, I don't think that's the correct response. So I just kept saying, what? What would you say? Huh? Huh? What? To see how many times I could get him to say it. To see if he'd get caught or, you know, someone would hear him or some shit. No one did. We just ended up running the play and life went on. But that's 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 the biggest thing I remember from Pee Wee football. Um, oh, and we, we had this uh, baseball diamond that we ran our laps around whenever we were being bad or to warm up or whatever. We had a younger, like, 6U. This was 8U, I believe, I was in. It was like 6U football team that practiced at the same time we did and occasionally their piss breaks and our laps would line up so that whenever we would run around the the baseball diamond they would be posted up on the surrounding trees taking a piss the only problem was they didn't know they didn't have the is it the with with all the with wits with all I, I don't know they didn't have the knowledge to just pull their pants down, just their zippers, just pull their dicks out and start pissing on the tree. So whenever we did our laps, we were just running past a forest of naked asses. All all bare cheeks. Disgusting. <laughs> Little kids have no shame, man, I swear. Uh but um that's all I'm gonna say about the Enneagram. If you're curious uh, you can go on, I believe Truity is where the test is. Just just Google Enneagram test. It's spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Um, I first heard about this in theater. We, we took it to find out our personality types and then um, find out more about all the types in general and try to guess what type of our character was just to help fit in. My character was just a pervert who tried to rape a girl and made jokes about boobs and was pretty raunchy. There wasn't too much to dig deep into there, so didn't help me much. But I did remember that I was an eight, and I've taken it again, and it's still true. So if you want to find out more about yourself, potentially, um, take that, find out. And then there's this dude on YouTube who I liked watching. Fuck it, I'll look up his shit. Library, history, search watch history, type... What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Dr. Tom LaHue. Pretty cool dude. If you want to learn more about yourself, it might help. I don't know. 
I, I suggested the videos to a few of my friends, and um, someone was a type 3. I guess I'm not going to expose them. Someone was a type 3, and apparently ha just at the beginning of the video, it says the type 3s want to perform, create, etc. out of shame and to feel like they're worthy. So maybe you're going to go in and they're just going to roast you. But honestly, I, it literally felt like he was like reading off my fucking my script, you know? my life script like it, he was saying verbatim what i think and feel pretty much so cool for some people not cool for others whatever take your pick anyway anyway this weekend i went to a party just a little small get together me aiden vic cub we got to drinking had a good little time uh cub showed up later we were chilling eating pizza little caesars I've been thinking about it all week, so whenever we stopped to pick some up, I was like, hell yeah. I uh, brought a bottle of Screwball. It's a peanut butter whiskey, which I know does not sound super appetizing, because whenever I think about it, I think of the sticky feeling peanut butter leaves on the back of my, the roof of my mouth. But it actually kind of tastes like cappuccino, is uh, how I would describe it, more than peanut butter. It, it has a coffee, um, a hint of coffee aromatic to it so it's pretty nice i like it we almost finished the whole bottle so i'm guessing they liked it too because i didn't do all that damage by myself but they also got a pink whitney which is pretty good second or third time i've had it at this point and they got strawberry lemonade with that and mixed it and that was pretty dope i would highly suggest that that uh it's pretty a aiden kept saying that's dangerous that's dangerous <laughs> Cause he couldn't taste the shit at all. It was pretty cool. Aiden was trying to be high, high society on us too. He kept pulling out wine and drinking it, asking if we wanted some, but he was the only one sipping on it. But I'm not going to lie. It was pretty good wine. I, damn it. I should have taken a, see, I even thought, dang, I should take a picture of the label so that I know for future reference, if I want to get this wine, because it's good. And it was white wine, which normally I really don't like. I even I went to take that first sip expecting to like make the bitter face, but no. It was surprisingly sweet and light. Most of the white wine I've had has just been incredibly bitter. Uh, I'm, maybe I'll ask him. Who knows? But he was sipping on that bubbly. It was bubbly. Uh, it's pretty nice. We're just chilling. Set up a projector outside, watching some movies. Well, we tried to watch movies. They wouldn't load, so we ended up watching Castlevania which is kind of like an, an I don't think it's an anime actually it's like a Netflix show but Aiden's been really into it so talk talking to me all week about it trying to get me to watch it and then at the party he was talking to me and Vic like do you guys want to watch Castlevania we we're at the point of drunkenness where we really didn't care like yeah man put it on go ahead but that didn't last cuz you had to pay attention to that so we put on Total Drama Island just kind of vibed out with that in the background uh, um then Aiden showed us an old picture of Cullen that made him look like Harold from Total Drama Island. That was pretty fucking funny. But one thing that I missed that I want to rewind and go back to, on our way to get the liquor, none of us are 21, so we had to take Aiden's parents with us. Aiden drove, Vic was in the uh, passenger seat, then I was in the back in the middle, and Aiden's mom was to my left, Aiden's dad was to my right. We were riding an Aiden Suburban, so there was a little space for all of us. I would just like to say I have never been next to a man so b big in stature and so nervous, so anxious. 
Because I swear, Aiden's father did not let go of the oh shit bar the whole time we were in the car. He was leaned up against the door. I could hear him breathing out of his mouth. Like, I don't know what it is. I, because I, I think it happens with my mom, too, when I'm driving. It's just, they get so anxious and nervous. Like, we've never been behind a steering wheel before. Like, we don't pull up, you know, leave and pull up in the same car more or less undamaged every day. Like, this is what we do. And he was even like, Aiden, there's a cop behind you. You might want to slow down. Aiden's like, I'm doing five over. (laughs) Just adding to his stress. Uh, He was freaking out the whole time. And then he was trying trying to tell Aiden, like, which way to go. Aiden, stop. Aiden, stop. You can't go this way. And then it turns out, like, there's actually a path now, and he's like, oh, well, last time I came here, there wasn't a path cut through. <laughs> and his mom is like, it's been cut through for a while. <laughs> it was just a funny car ride. I didn't expect all that. And then whenever we got back, he, his dad almost jumped, basically jumped out the car, just trying to get out, get away. I think he just likes to drive. Maybe that's what it is. So, I don't know. Uh, fast forward back. Eventually, Cullen showed up. That was fun. I think that's when we all hit peak um, intoxication levels because I saw Aiden's ass not once, but at least two or three times, and that was a first. Hopefully a last, but if we drink more together, it doesn't seem likely. That boy, he is just wanting to show them cheeks off, man. I don't know. Ugh stained in my mind and and it was it was gone until today when he reminded me that that happened and then I remembered again and yeah that pissed me off but it was still a pretty good time he was the first to go to sleep of course Aiden's always the first to knock out and if Aiden's going to bed that means Vic's going to bed so me and Cub were just chilling for a few hours after that just talking it was pretty nice I fuck with Cub it's cool you know it's nice that, like, my homie's brother is also my friend now, especially because we work together, so that makes shit super convenient. <laughs> it would suck if, just to have someone, you know, like the old dude that I don't like at work. That'd be tough, but nah, it was a good time. And then I made it home, and they even stopped for a Whataburger shake on the way. It was uh, pretty nice. They almost told me no. I pulled up to the drive-thru. It was empty, thankfully. I mean, it was... 4 or 5 a.m. So I don't know who's what kind of maniac is driving to a Whataburger at 4 or 5 a.m. But I pulled up in the driveway was drive through was empty. Before I could say anything, they said it's going to be a 10 minute wait. They're cleaning the grill. Now, that was probably some bullshit. I'm not. Why are you cleaning the grill at 4 or 5 a.m.? Did you just get hit with a rush at three? I don't think so. You getting ready for the 6 a.m. fucking. That's a breakfast bell. That's not... I don't have a cowbell on me. You ready for the 6 a.m. breakfast rush? Like, I don't think so, but I said, what if I just want a vanilla shake? I said, all right, we can get you that. Cool. Worked out for both of us. Got that. Got home. Went to sleep. And then the next day, I slept all fucking day because I didn't go to sleep until 7 a.m. or 6 or 7 a.m. that day, so... There was some catching up to do on the Z's, but Monday, all right, Monday, Monday, Monday. This was the day. 
We went to the Gold Necklace concert. I was running late all day. It was, um, I was in a hurry. I got off work at 5, got home at 5.20 because it was fucking storming, raining cats and dogs and turtles and snakes in Texas. And Texans just cannot fucking drive, bro. They're like, like once water hits the road, they start like flopping like fish, bro. I don't, I don't understand. Like they cannot just fucking go straight. They have to like flip the lights on and hit the brakes and it's like all the speed limits are cut in half for some reason no bitch just fucking go don't be a a fucking don't drive through low spots i don't i don't know what else to tell you man so i got home late scarfed down some chilaquiles which were bomb by the way i got them with the red sauce for once instead of the green and it was spicier it was definitely hotter i was getting hiccups from the first bite but it was also tasted better so might have to make that the play from now on. I was going to try to pull up to Kevin's new crib because he got a new house. Congrats to Kevin. I feel like I shouted him out last podcast. I'm not sure. Uh, either way, congrats to Kevin on your new house. Um, I was going to pull up, check it out, and then he- go from there. But running late, and it turns out Trees is actually closer to my house. So we just met there. I parked uh, at Trees. That's that's one thing I like about going to trees. I don't have to worry about parking. There's always a big ass lot open right behind it. Ten bucks. I had twenty. He gave me two fives back. Good to go. Parked. Walked out. Walked to the front. Not 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 too many people out front. There were like four or five people out there, and it looked like they were all smoking. So I figured, you know, doors were at six. I got I pulled up maybe six ten, six thirteen. Figured everybody was already inside. So I just walk past them and walk in. There's no one like in front of me to to scan my ticket or anything, but the like bouncer dude sitting like to the left in this little doorway. And I ask him, said, "I give you my ticket." He said, "We're closed. We're not open." And then I ask for the gold necklace Andreas show. He said, "We're closed. Not open." (laughs) So I turned around and walked out. Stood there kind of felt like a dumbass um i don't know they were the people outside weren't in a line or anything like i said it was like five of them so they were just kind of like hanging around the door so i just figured doors were at six that bitch was it open that that bitch was open so i texted kevin i said man he said it's closed i, I, hope, I hope we're all good for the show bro uh he i don't know you know the, the bouncers the bouncers tripping he said man i'm on my way we'll see so i stood there you know me. You already know me. Normally, I would have a joint rolled and smoked by this point. There was not enough time today, so I did my best. I pulled out my dugout, hit that three or four times, F- felt a little less stupid, a little less embarrassed about the bouncer incident. And also, bro, bouncers just... I found out they ge- generally don't know what the fuck's going on with the shows. This is not the first time where I've walked in and asked a question about something and they just like say yes or no without really knowing what the fuck the answer is. But I guess that's like a prerequisite for the job is not really caring about the show. They would, they'd get distracted, I guess to be a bouncer. You just gotta be a big fucking meathead. Just, uh, you said, don't let them get in the door. Oh, okay. I, I do that. Sorry. Sorry to stereotype, but, but shit. Like, be a little helpful. Yes, it is for the gold neck. No, sorry, we're running a little late. Yeah, we'll be open in, in 10 minutes. I know it said six. That's that's our bad. 
Not even I'm not even that apologetic, just something. I waited. Doors open, but I was kind of pissed. Didn't want to walk in immediately. Feel like I, I had lost, so I stood out there. Was really trying to wait for Kevin too to see if he pulled up, but I heard the opener start playing, so I said fuck it, put my pride to the side and walked in. Wasn't even the, that dude at the door anymore. Someone else was scanning tickets, so scanned the ticket, told him to have a nice night. They didn't say shit to me. They actually looked like they would rather be anywhere else. So, you know, fuck them, I guess. <laughs> nah, not really. I walked in, took picked a good spot because it's trees, pretty small venue in general, but there were only like 20, maybe 30 people there. Picked a small, small spot with a good view of the stage, and the opener was out. And I couldn't tell what their name was. I could, it was three parts. I could read the top two. It read Animal. It was cut in half. And it was green and yellow, like the Subway logo. So I wasn't sure what to think, honestly. Just first impressions off rip. Then they started playing. And, bro, they kind of went crazy. I'm not going to lie. Animal Jam, that's their name. They went hard. Like, I wasn't expecting that. I know I say that every time an opener is actually good and decent, but they killed, bro. They had, like, eight people on the stage, too. They, uh, They had... I believe two guitarists. No, no, no. I think they had three guitarists and a bass player. And then, so three, four, the drummer, and then they had a a vocalist. I think it's six. Here, wait. Well, give me a second. I'll count later. Um, Anyway, they're really fucking good, bro. Like, they were doing, like, kind of math rock, uh, metalcore shit. With uh, Screaming, too, their guitarist, their main guitarist, was doing uh, dirty vocals, kind of like John Mess would do, uh, screaming into the mic and shit, and it was actually pretty good. I don't know that I've heard shit like that live before. Uh, I think the mic was pitched a certain way so that it would sound like it should, but either way, it was like really fucking dope, and the drummer was kicking ass. He was... Um, he looked tall just by the way that he was sitting on the kit, like how high his knees raised up. And also, he had his snare pretty fucking low to the ground. I think that's because he was tall too. You know, long arms. I don't know. I'm just making making assumptions. Making a... Trying to, trying to think my way through it as a drummer. Because I have my snare, you know, about knee level, I'd say. But his shit looks like m- maybe lower than that. Maybe it was also the stage height. I don't know. Th- these are all the things I think while I'm looking at the drummer watching them play and shit, but he was kicking ass, bro. He was doing little detailed shit, like um, just putting in extra notes on the ride cymbal before hitting, like, the bell of it. Just little stuff like that that you'll go over if you're not really, like, trying to be painstaking about it. But he was putting in nice fills. He was kicking ass, bro. Everybody was. The the main vocalist was fucking cool, too, bro. He was... um, he was like a heavier set dude, but he was still getting around and grooving and shit. And that was pretty nice. But I will say that I think I had PTSD from drinking and the party and Aiden because every time the 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 vocalist turned around and went to pull up his pants, like he was facing away from the audience and went to pull up his pants, I thought I was going to get mooned again. So thank you, Aiden, for now that is a fear that I'm conscious of is that people will moon me. <laughs> That's something I'm watching out for now. So thank you for making me more vigilant, I guess. Aiden, uh, you're not even probably going to listen to this, but fuck it. Thank you. 
thank you for the life lesson. <laughs> but no, they were fucking awesome. Uh, after their set, me and Kevin, oh, Kevin showed up halfway during their set. Uh, we dapped each other up. Didn't say much because we were just getting into the music, right? After their set, we went back to see their merch because we looked at each other. Kevin said, man, they were good. I think I want to buy one of their shirts. And I said, I was going to say, uh, me too, me too. <laughs> I don't know that I said it like that, but, you know, throwback, callback. Um, we went back, and they actually had a really pretty cool black shirt with orange on it, like an orange logo, orange on the back. We both got that shirt. And then the CD was only 5 bucks, so we both got the CD. Had really cool art. Had a, uh, the, the CD has a birthday cake on it. Uh, talked to the manager. And then at, at some point, we, we went back up. We were just kind of waiting around, waiting around. Kevin said he saw the uh, guitarist, the dude that was uh, screaming too. He said he saw him walk to the back. And I'm like, shit, maybe we should go... Uh, See if we can get our CD signed. And um, see, the thing is, I came prepared. I had a marker, a Sharpie. But the, the, the other thing is, this was not intentional. Because I left my house, and as I was going down my street, still still in the, in the realm of turnbacks, I thought about it. I thought, maybe I should bring a Sharpie. I have the gold one from the Flip Turn concert. I have another black one somewhere around here, I'm sure. But I thought, nah, fuck it. I'll keep going. I'm already gone. I'm I'm already driving. Halfway there, I look in my cup holder and remember, I have a Sharpie backup in case I scratch my rims. They're black in case I fuck them up so I can color them in. It's not too obvious, but there we go. There's my saving grace. So I was here at the show with a Sharpie in my pocket. We walked back, met the dude. His name was John. Very nice. I... You know, gave my little spiel. I, I like to give compliments on what they're doing because I, I, I pay attention to the music. Made, I couldn't really tell you much about the lyrics. I couldn't tell you shit they were saying, but I made sure to tell them that, uh, especially in the last song, I was like, bro, just looking at you so focused on that guitar solo was was crazy. As someone who plays music, just to see that kind of passion and to, to really get into it, it's it's awesome, man. And he said, thank you. Thank you so much. And I really mean it when I say it because that dude was like locked the fuck in. I pointed it out to Kevin too, and he he was just like staring down at his shit, mouth like not mouth fully open, but kind of like you know you're doing something. Dude was so into it, and then um, after we were done talking to him, he said, "Hey, you know the other guys are finna come back here if you want to come back, and you would probably get all the autographs for that." I'm like, man, thanks so much. We definitely will. So we did, came back, met everyone. Everyone was very nice. Um, I remember that the guitarist's name was John. There was Carlin. I believe the vocalist's name was Nathan. Um, fuck, I have the CD right here. Let me get it. Uh, one of the other guitarists' name was Tim. He was pretty cool. He was the dude, after their first song... He he was the guy who got everybody to scoot in. He said, all right, now don't feel too much pressure now, but if after every song, if we could just get everybody just to scoot in, just a little, no, 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 don't feel like you got to do it all at once. Just, you know, work your way in. Um, all right, we got Tim, John, Nathan, yeah, Carlin. Jesse was the drummer. 
I cannot read this. I'm so sorry. To whoever, whoever I'm leaving out, I'm so sorry. And the CD just fell out of the box. So I'm putting it back up. Y'all were great. Every uh, Y'all were fucking kicked ass. The manager was nice. He gave us a magnet, too, me and Kevin, for free. It's like, who has magnets, bro? I love magnets. Every time I go out and I see a magnet, I get it. Because I, I have a fucking... It's covering half the fridge. I'm looking at it right now. All anime magnets. I still need to put their magnet up. But yeah, great great opener. The next guy was um, this band named Mundo. Uh, not spelled like Dr. Mundo from League, like I thought. It's uh, M-O-O-N-D-O-U-G-H. Like cookie dough. Mundo. They were pretty good, man. They had crazy energy. Uh, at their first song, it, it was kind of had less going on than Animal Jam. Like I said, Animal Jam had a whole fucking clan of people on stage, so they were there was a lot to fucking take in, and they were killing it, by the way. Everything was mixed really nice. I could hear like their guitar solos over the like the um like the melodic guitar, like the background guitar type shit. Uh, everything was great about them, but because of the first song that the Mundo came out with had less energy, I was at first thinking, hmm, maybe they should have opened first and Animal Jam should have been opened after. But I quickly realized why that wasn't the case. Uh, their frontman for Mundo has crazy energy. Honestly, I should have been able to tell from his outfit. Dude was wearing like a bright red blazer beige undershirt, some big, like, really huge oversized gold glasses, long black hair in his face and behind him. Um, he he was just off the wall, man. After the first song, they did, like, this break in between where they were just, like, playing. Like, he would just say stuff over and over again, and they would just go crazy on the guitar and bass and drums. Like, just mini solos, basically, and he would roll around the floor and shit. And he was really just putting on a fucking show like what we'd want and was really cool and the more songs they played like the better they they uh they were to me and it was really groovy and shit so that was they were named mundo if you want to listen to them pretty cool uh after that came on fuck um sadder which was they were good too but my least favorite and i think kevin put it the best he said they were like uh he reminded them of early metalcore shit before they kind of found like a like a like a early metalcore like before they found they did specific shit it just sounds kind of vague and like um you know i'm trying to think of the specific he said like a higher pitched creed is like what they sounded like like whenever new whenever hard rock was trying to transition into metal and shit and i agree because the uh, like, like this was what he said as well. I want to give credit where credit's due. He said like all of their songs were really just like the same song structure. There was no breaks or anything really, or no no change ups, nothing interesting. Like even uh, not even I didn't I don't mean to say it like that. Animal Jam's like last song or second to last song, they got really groovy with it, and the, I believe it was Tim even said if you uh or maybe it was um shit i think it was tim he said uh hey if you feel if, if, if your body feels like moving that's okay it's just the funk or it's just the groove or whatever he said but they, their song was pretty fucking groovy bro like that's what kevin kept saying groovy so um but then uh Satter came out and they were they were kind of just uh bland and vague are the words that keep coming generic that's the word like dollars 
dollar store. Not not to talk shit, but that's kind of how I, I saw it as. And it didn't help that I saw their drummer, and I noticed within the first 30 seconds of their first song that the, that dude never closes his mouth when he's playing. He is just fucking wide open. A fly could go in and out, and I don't think he would notice. Like, he was... That that shit was set to open. I don't know. Did not close once. And uh, I told Kevin that. Kevin laughed, and then a second later, he pointed out that the singer never opened his eyes. So, <laughs> between the two of them, we were laughing, having a good time. And then, all of, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, in the middle of this song that was kind of slower, me and Kevin just get fucking pushed to the side, and then we look over, and there's like a a mosh starting to this slow song, and I'm kind of mad, because I understand moshing, but I even told Kevin, it's like, this is not, I'm not trying to be, I don't think I'm being a hater, this is just not the shit for it, and the thing that made it worse was Kevin had a fucking cast on, his shoulder's been hurting for a while, and he, he, he I looked over, I was like, are you good? He's like, they hit me right in my fucking shoulder. It's like, of course they did. Of course that's how it fucking happened. So, you know, they moved us there, albeit, but we, we went to the outside, right? We were chilling, weren't trying to take part in the mosh pit. I had my signed CD and my jacket, so I wasn't really trying to fuck that up. And then the next song came on, and it started, that heavy giant symbol. And if you've been in the fucking pit before, you know that, that that's the time to mosh pit. I even leaned over to Kevin. I was like, now this, I would get this, this, this. I would start moving out the way. I know, I know the deal. And so they start, you know, doing their thing, jumping around. And we're just watching because we're on the outside. And then all of a sudden, boom, get fucking shoved into again. And now I'm on the the right. Kevin's on the left. And the, the circle's on the left of him. So Kevin gets hit again. On his left side, his left shoulder, the one that's in the cast. So it's like, damn, what the fuck? We moved to the outside. What the fuck is, is your problem, bro? Like, keep it controlled. I understand trying to have, like, a good time, but keep it in the fucking pit. Kevin said, don't crowd kill. I guess that's the term for it. Just have self-control, bro. Don't don't hit people that aren't trying to take part in that shit. We all moved to the outside. And at that point, I was like, hey, bro, do you want to switch spots? He's like, would you please? Because I didn't want his shoulder to get any more fucked up. And I told him, and I stood there with my fist fucking clenched that whole time, and I told him, if anybody does that shit to me, bro, I'm punching him in the fucking face. Like, I don't, you want you want to be part of the mosh, bro? We're, we're fucking make a fight out of it, dude. Like, ridiculous. What's even more crazy is this dude next to, next to me and Kevin, he was there with his girl in the mosh pit. Like, they were closer to the inside than we are, and he would stand there with her, and we thought he was, like, protecting her and shit, but then he would jump in and basically just fuck this bitch like anybody could come over and you know jump into her someone did a few times like knocked into her and then a different dude came back and hung out with the girl and I didn't see that first dude the rest of the night like the first dude had a white shirt on the second dude had a black shirt on and I, 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 me and Kevin talked after this and confirmed that he saw that too. Like, I don't know what that, that the deal was there, but maybe they got into a fight in the mosh pit and he won her or some shit. I don't know. But um, Satter was all right. I think maybe I was also just a little bit pissed off from their fans. I don't know. They were good. They, uh, they went off and then 
I told Kevin, I was like, man, my, my legs, my knees hurt. Can we go sit down? He's like, yeah, bro, I do not mind that. So we went and sat down. And I was thinking about going back up and getting merch because the I had already gotten merch for Animal Jam. I knew Gold Necklace had a vinyl up there that I wanted, and they had uh, posters up there that were signed by uh, Kurt Travis and Brendan Ewing. So I knew that I wanted one of those. Sorry, uh, Brandon Ewing. So I knew I wanted one of those. Uh, went up, got that, uh, came back. We were just chilling. And then by the time that uh, we really got comfortable, someone started playing next. And we hear, thank you for coming, everybody. We are Gold Necklace. And it was Kurt Travis's voice. And that was the band that I came to see. And they were, they started I thought they were going to be last. So me and Kevin look at each other like rut row, stand the fuck up and work our way back in. Luckily, like I said, it's a pretty small crowd, so we find our spot pretty quickly. Um, And yeah, the show was great, man. I, I don't, there's not much to say about that. Kurt Travis kicked ass. Brandon was fucking killing it on the guitar. And you could, I just... He looks like a nice guy. He has good vibes. Every picture I've seen of him every, on on stage and everything, big ass smile, and just the way he, he was standing, it was like he was so confident in in his guitar playing. That's the only way I could put it. He was just in a solid, sturdy stance, just laying away at that shit, and it was really cool, bro. Um, song of the week is gonna be the song that I wanted to hear at that concert. And thankfully I did. They played it. I was so happy. Is a uh, Padme. So here we go. Listen to him tear up that guitar, bro. See, uh, one thing I want to say, they they also played some songs from their old project, which was Eternity Forever. And I like the gold I like Gold Necklace a lot more, and I think the reason is because they um it's a lot more uh stylistic. The I feel like Eternity Forever was more math rock, a little bit harder to kind of just vibe out to. But the way that Brandon um put certain inflections on his notes and shit and swings certain notes. He makes it flow all so well that it's like uh it's funky, it's groovy. It's it's not just rock, but he's all it's not just math rock, but he's also um like working that into like a nice sounding groove and rhythm. It's it's fucking it's him being an artist, you know? He's taking the shit that he knows and perfected uh, working with Chone I'm guessing he used to be their touring bassist and now he's like man I want to fucking groove out with this shit and he's making it work and it sounds really great and then Kurt Travis comes in and his vocals are just so fucking sweet and silky and nice he's my favorite dance Gavin dance vocalist if you haven't heard me say it already 
and yeah, they just kicked ass, bro. Like I was, it was one of those concerts where you're just sitting back, smiling, like happy to hear all this shit. And then Padme came on, and I sung along every word of that. And then they kept playing, and then they finished, and then they started putting their stuff up. And that's when I knew, oh, I need to do something. This is my chance. I need. This is my moment. I need to strike. So I started unwrapping my vinyl, and I started pulling my marker out of my pocket. I handed my poster to Kevin. I walked up, and I just stood there holding it up for a second, hoping that Kurt would look down and notice, but he was busy putting his stuff up. So I said, Kurt, 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 and then the people that were around me started yelling too, which was very nice of them. And we got to his attention, and he looked over, and he saw me holding the vinyl and the marker up, and he said, hey, and came over and signed it. And then he tried to give it back. And then I pointed to Brandon. I was like, can you get him? Can you get him too? He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. And then he went and got him to sign it. And then he brought it back. And then he used my Sharpie to sign like 10 other fucking people's shit. Someone was like, can we borrow your Sharpie? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And I can't lie. After I said that, immediately after I said that, there's an asshole part of me. I'm aware it exists, all right? It's a percentage of me at least. A big percentage. There's an asshole part of me inside that said, "Now I gotta wait on them. Now I gotta wait to get my Sharpie back so I can leave. Cause I wouldn't stand for the next act. Now I gotta wait on them to get my shit back. But no, bro. Sh- yes, of course you can use my marker. It's a great moment. Sharing, sharing the moment. And so, because I know that I'm gonna fuck up my rims because I know myself, and then I'm gonna scratch them up, and then I'm gonna need something to fix over that." A cheap little cover-up, looks good from 10 feet away, fix. Because I need that at any and all times available, I had a Sharpie in my car, I got this vinyl signed, and like 10 other people got their shit signed too. I think that's pretty dope. So, got that signed, uh, geeked out about that for a second, and then we went home. Uh, I went home. Kevin went home. We didn't go home together, sadly. Um... I would have helped him break in that new bed, bro. I'm not even capping. Uh, <laughs> it was a very good night, man. I'm super happy. So I got the... Oh, and also the vinyl was a, a, a beige variant. I didn't know that. I thought it was just going to be normal black. I didn't even know they had variants for this one. So it was pretty fucking cool. And then I got the signed poster too. It was already signed. So I didn't ask him to like sign it twice. That would be kind of a waste of his time. But I'm happy, man. It was a great concert. And I have two more this week, so... A lot of shit to look forward to. Benny the Butcher and Conway the Machine. That's going to be great, bro. I should start. I haven't really been in like a hip-hop mood lately, so I should start listening back through their shit, getting myself ready for it. Uh, One thing I missed, we went to the State Fair this Thursday. I have a yawn building up. That's why I sound a little weird right now. I went to the State Fair this Thursday because it's a cheap day, and I wanted more fair food, all right? I'll be honest, I'm a fat Texan that loves fried shit, all right? I'm not fat. I wish I could put on some weight. <laughs> I weigh like 135, man. Nothing, no meat's staying on these bones, all right? Uh, went with Kevin and Julian. I don't think they had been yet, so we pulled up. And it, tickets were actually cheaper after 5, so that was cool. Uh, the first thing we did was get a cookie. That was really good. Kevin got a Jello shot. That looked pretty good. And then we looked for food. And now, I had said this before, but I saw a bomb-ass hot chicken sandwich that made me think of Michael. 
So we went and found that. We all got it, and it was pretty fucking good, bro. It was pretty good. Sat there, and it took me maybe 10 minutes to eat it because I'm a slow-ass eater now at this point in my life. I remember a time when I'd beat people. I'd be the first done at a table, but that that, uh, season of my life has passed. Finished that sandwich. Went and... um, Got some frozen daiquiris. Those were really fucking good. Luckily, Kevin, my daddy, 24, I believe. Either way, he's of legal age. Not like they even asked for his fucking ID anywhere, but bought me a drink. Very nice of him. And finished that off as we were walking. It was pretty good. Uh, My favorite part, man, I just love saving money. So every time Kevin would be like, ooh, look at that. I'd look it it up on on the map, the app, the website, whatever. Yeah, we can get that cheaper today. We can get that cheaper over here. Nah, don't get that over there, bro. We'll save three bucks if we go over here. I loved that, man. That was my favorite part. What did I end up eating? I got I got all that stuff that I mentioned. Chicken sandwich, cookie, frozen daiquiri, and... Can you take a guess? Can you take a guess? I crossed it off my list. That's right. I didn't get it the first time I went, but this time, I sure as hell did. I got a funnel cake. And it was amazing. So good, and and like I haven't had a, a legit funnel cake in so long that what I was what I had in my mind was like the school funnel cakes, like from Mesquite, from high school, those hard fucking crunchy pieces of shit, dude. This funnel cake killed that funnel cake and f- tap danced all over its grave, man, because that funnel cake was soft and warm and powdered sugar, and bro, I want another one. I want another one. Michael didn't get to go to the fair with us because he had work. So I was I was telling him, man, hey, if, if you want to go on Saturday, I'll go with you if you buy my ticket. Yeah, my third trip, I, I, three fair tickets one year. It's a little much. So I couldn't couldn't comp that myself. I'm sorry. But we had a good time, and I'm glad I went. I got all my cravings in and everything. And, um, yeah, it's been a pretty good week, man. I've been catching up on anime a little bit, too. Caught up on Boruto. I'm still really just watching I just want to know what's going to happen with Naruto, bro. That's that's my homie. We've been we've been kicking it for like three or four years now. I don't know when I started watching the show, but formed a deep emotional connection with him. And I just want to make sure he's all good. But still fucking around with uh, like the students and shit. But it is what it is. The plot's progressing, I guess. I'm here for the long haul at this point. What is it? Episode 181, and I'm still like, I want to know what happens to Naruto. It, they've got me hook, line, and sinker at this point, all right? I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to deny it. I finished Kaiji this week. Been trying to. That's been a slow grind for me. Finally finished it. It was a gambling anime. Pretty good if you need something to watch, though I'd recommend watching Akagi first because that kind of, it's shorter, more to the point, and it kind of gets you in that mood. Um, but they were both re- really good. The Kaiji actually pulled out some twists that I didn't expect, so I'll give it that. Le- lasted a little bit longer than I thought it would. So that was good. And then I finally watched Overlord. Dude, Overlord 4 was very good. I don't know what my problem was before when I tried to watch it, but it just didn't catch on. This time, I, I saw that all of the episodes have already been released, so I said, oh, hell yeah. That's just an open invitation to binge, right? So I got in there, watched it, and dude, I finished it in three days, I think. Thirteen episodes, three days. And this is this is, you know, sneaking in the bathroom at work watching an episode type shit. It was fucking great, bro. Uh, I just really love the world building of that. 
I love how all the characters have their own ideas of what's going on and uh, like the overlord, the main character of it. Um, this isn't a spoil because it happens on the first episode. It's literally the plot of it, but he's a human who like fell asleep or some shit and woke up in this world as his video game character. It was the, the game that he'd been playing with his friends and shit. None of his friends are there, but um, he's in charge of all the NPCs and shit that he and his friends made while they played the game. And so they think that he's this ultimate mastermind and everything that he does is a thousand steps into the future or whatever, when a lot of times he's fucking up. It, it'll show his inner dialogue and he still sounds like a, a person just like laughing like, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I didn't mean to do that. And then his uh, his underlings, the people who serve him, will be like, Oh, I knew it. I knew you did it like that so that it would turn out like this, and then that would happen. Oh, Master, you're so great. And he's just laughing about it the whole time. But it's it's really cool watching him skirt the um, like the boundaries of him being a morally good person a- a- as he was and um, coming into this uh, video game, which, you know, of course it was a video game, so it didn't matter when they were playing it, where he's set up an evil empire pretty much like all of his underlings they just want to kill people they just want to take over the world and shit and he has to kind of play the character that he's been spawned into and go with that while trying to subtly like make it a better place because that's ultimately what he wants he doesn't want to rule over society i don't think but there are also times where you can't really tell what he wants as a character because he's you know he has multiple conflicting interests so it's just really cool, I think, because while he is stupidly overpowered and like there literally isn't a single person in the show that can fight him or beat him, they don't draw on that too much to a fault. And I, the writing's just really great, bro. I like everyone's personalities. I like the world building. There are multiple races, multiple p- different people that he's encountered and either befriended, taken out, enslaved, you know, whatever the fuck. And I, I also feel like I never truly know what's going to happen next. Uh, this show just kind of breaks boundaries for... for um, not not boundaries like, oh my gosh, this is the new greatest thing ever. But as far as um, how you expect a story to go, this uh, takes a lot of left turns and doesn't seem to really fit into like a category of, of sorts. I guess world building would be the best one. But I, I, I thought that was a video game genre. E- either way, Overlord's great. You should start watching that if you haven't. If you haven't seen it at all, dude, you have so much in store. Start from season one. It's so good. I love everybody in the show. Um, and yeah, that, that's been anime for me this week. I started watching Shield Hero now. That's all already out, season two. So going to watch that, and that's going to be cool. And that's it. That's been my week. I guess I had more than I thought on the list. I got through all of it, I believe. Um, yeah, uh, that's it. Have a great week, y'all. I will see you next week with two more concerts to talk about. And uh, maybe it'll be this long again. Maybe it won't. An hour and 12 minutes. That's crazy. Y'all have a great week. Get some shit done and take it easy. Later.